This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com forward slash critical to find out more. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. It's Friday the 16th of February. In your Squiz today, Albanese gets engaged, Australia's fresh push for a ceasefire, Swift Mania is here, and some intriguing expats. This is your Squiz today. Love was in the air this week, Siobhan. PM Anthony Albanese yesterday revealed that he'd proposed to his partner, Jodie Hayden, on Valentine's Day on Wednesday. And if they go through with their wedding anytime soon, it could make him our first national leader to get married while in office. What a week for love, Alice. This is just this has just cheered me right up. Delightful. So, Albanese announced their engagement to the world by posting a photo of himself with Hayden on X, formerly Twitter, with a caption that said, simply said, she said yes, which is frankly all you need if you're the Prime Minister to start a forensi. And it is a big deal because he's one of only three Aussie PMs who haven't been married while in the top job. The other two were Julia Gillard and John McEwan, who's the country party legend from the late 60s, who spent less than a month in the top job after the disappearance of Liberal PM Harold Holt. Mm. So, Siobhan, in terms of Hayden, she's been by Albanese's side for his biggest moments as PM. And what we know about her is that she was born in Sydney and raised on the New South Wales Central Coast. And she also spent decades working in the superannuation industry before she became a women's officer in the New South Wales Public Service Association. That was back in 2022. Yeah, so she met Albanese in 2019 at a union conference where he was a keynote speaker. Apparently, she got his attention by shouting up the Rabbitohs, which is, of course, (laughs) his beloved rugby league team, Mm -hmm. before she says she slid into his DMs and they struck up their romance. And she says she realised she was in love with Albanese after he had that near-fatal car crash back in January 2021. Now, despite not having an official role, like you say, she has already accompanied the PM on several high-profile overseas trips, including to the White House for a state dinner and, of course, King Charles's coronation. The couple released a statement yesterday. They said that they're thrilled and excited and they're lucky to have found each other. And they had lots of well wishes, including coalition leader Peter Dutton, who wished them every happiness, and Kiwi PM Christopher Luxon, who said he's very happy for the couple. There are no details yet about when they'll tie the knot, but given there's a federal election due by May next year, we can expect to hear a lot more about it. Siobhan, PM Albanese's engagement wasn't the only thing on his mind yesterday. The other big thing that happened was he joined up with Canadian PM Justin Trudeau and the Kiwi PM Christopher Luxon to call on the Israeli government to rethink its ground invasion in southern Gaza. That's right. They released a joint statement yesterday in which they warned that if Israeli troops attack the city of Rafah in Gaza's south, there is simply nowhere else for civilians to go. 
Now, there's about 1.4 million displaced Palestinians sheltering in Rafah after Israel's earlier military operations in Gaza's north forced them to flee, which has seen leaders from around the world call on Israel's PM Benjamin Netanyahu to have a serious rethink. The statement goes on to say that those civilians shouldn't pay the price for defeating Hamas and that Israel must listen to the international community. And just on that, US President Joe Biden, who is, of course, considered Israel's major ally, has also announced protections for Palestinians in the US to prevent them being deported. For his part, Netanyahu has ignored the calls for a ceasefire to date. He says the powerful Israeli operation in Rafah will go ahead. If you've been following WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange's legal saga, you might already know that Tuesday next week is a big day for him. It's when he begins his last-ditch appeal in the UK's High Court to prevent his extradition to the US. And, Siobhan, ahead of that, Aussie MPs have spoken up on his behalf. Yes, so late on Wednesday, they voted on a motion calling on the UK and US to release him. It was passed with 86 in favour and 42 against. The coalition voted against the motion, with the exception of Tassie MP Bridget Archer, who crossed the floor to vote. Independent MP Andrew Wilkie said it was an unprecedented show of political support for Assange. And just to recap what he's facing... Assange is wanted on espionage charges in the US for publishing classified government documents back in 2010 and 2011. Yeah, that's right. And if he's found guilty, he could face 175 years in prison. PM Albanese is one who wants to get him home, and he voted in favour of the motion. Last year, he also appealed directly to President Biden during his state visit to the US, but nothing came of that. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. Siobhan, future-proofing global food supplies is a big focus for food scientists and they've proposed a new meat alternative. They've called it meaty rice. Alice, I'm going to try and keep an open mind while we talk about this because (laughs) even the notion is, is difficult for me, I'm going to be honest. So a team of South Korean researchers are behind the product and they say that meaty rice is an affordable and sustainable food option and that it's packed with protein and carbs. That sounds nice, but to give you an idea of what it is, think of pink rice grains that have been grown in a lab and coated in fish gelatin before Mm. beef, muscle and fat cells are attached and left to sit in a Petri dish for 11 days. (laughs) Yum. Now, if you're thinking that sounds a little bit questionable, it does have some admirable benefits. So let's focus on those because they say it could provide relief for famine 
or could also be used as an option for the military or astronauts in space. And it's also intended to prevent further climate change because it only produces an eighth of the carbon dioxide emissions of regular beef. So the scientists say it opens a world of possibilities for grain-based hybrid food. A world of possibilities, Siobhan. Yeah, just close your eyes and eat it. (laughs) Dining in the dark all the way on that one. It has been a long time coming, but Taylor Swift will kick off her era's tour in Melbourne tonight. She touched down in the very early hours of the morning yesterday, just before 1am. But the late night hours didn't stop diehard Swifties from showing up in the airport car park to greet her jet, hoping to catch a glimpse. That is dedication, Alice. And of course... There will be plenty more of her fans out and about over the next 11 days while she's in Oz. She's got seven sold-out gigs in Melbourne and Sydney that will each last for over three hours. So loop visit before you start that one, I think. (laughs) And despite selling out stadiums all over the world as part of this era's tour, the Aussie shows are actually tipped to be her biggest on record. And that's because there's 260,000 people set to attend the three gigs at the MCG this weekend. That works out to about 86,000 screaming fans a night. And 300,000 will head to her four Sydney shows at Acor Stadium next week, which is about 75,000 people a night. And with that many Swifties around, there is lots of info online about road closures and public transport options. So if you're in Melbourne this weekend, it's probably good to get across that info, whether you're a fan or not. I'll pop a link to that in the episode notes. And for you in Sydney next week, Siobhan, get ready for Swift Mania. I'm literally shutting myself inside (laughs) next week, Alice. I'm not going anywhere. Laying low. (laughs) Yeah. Friday light, Siobhan. What have you got for us today? Well, when I'm shut inside next weekend, I'll probably keep watching Expats, which is a new show that I'm totally engrossed in. It's a bit of a mystery series on Amazon Prime, and Nicole Kidman stars at the centre of a wealthy community of foreigners who are supposedly living their best lives in Hong Kong until a tragedy strikes and reveals that the glamorous neighbours are in fact just as grotty and messed up as the rest of us. (laughs) Think Big Little Lies, but set in Hong Kong. Kong. It's really cool. Episode five of the six drops today. So I'll be watching that tonight and next weekend. Yeah, nice. I will pop the link to that in the episode notes today. And just a quick reminder before we go, Claire and Kate have released their first News Club episode this week. They dived into the topic of different world leaders ages And they've particularly focused on the conversation around US President Joe Biden's age. Yeah, definitely make sure you head over to the News Club show for that episode. Just jump into your podcast app, search for News Club and hit follow so you don't miss out on next week's episode too. And the other thing you can do to be a part of the conversation around News Club is to follow our new Instagram account for the show. Just search for The Squiz News Club. And that wraps us up today. Have a great Friday and weekend and The Squiz today We'll be back with you on Monday. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week 
with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.